0: Hello, welcome to the Evolution Sports Podcast, Volume Six. I'm your host Andrew Ferraro here with my co-host Dave Sanders. I'm going to take a quick break from analytics of our multi-part series and uh, jump on over to baseball. As you know, World Series just ended with the Red Sox winning another World title. Uh, there were a lot of great things that we wanted to talk about, like openers, the massive amount of strikeouts, and a few other trends. Uh, you know, before we got too far into basketball, football, and hockey. Uh, so we're going to jump straight into openers. Dave, why don't you tell the folks what you know an opener is and why it's kind of different this year.
1: Sure. So in 2018, we saw the use of openers really spike. What an opener really is, is saving your starting pitcher and not opening the game with him, starting with a reliever. Um, so an example of this could be if a team has a lot of lefties in the top of the order. You can start with a lefty reliever first, use the, get through those lefties, and then bring in your starter, possibly a right-handed hitter in the second inning or third inning. Um, So I guess the Rays were one of the biggest proponents of this. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about their success this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look, they improved by uh, 10 wins. So, I mean, that's a nice, nice gain, especially in baseball. And considering when you look at who else was in there, their side of the division there between the Yanks and the Red Sox winning a ton of games. So that's that's a pretty big improvement. They were 41 and 25 after the All-Star break, which was third best in the majors. Uh, but if you look, you think, okay, hey, maybe that was hitting. Maybe that wasn't as much of this opener phenomenon. It really wasn't. You know, pitching staff ranked third in the majors with a three-and-a-half ERA, and they broke the major league record by having 824 and a third relief innings pitch. So that's a, that's a ton of RPs uh, instead of having your starters go. They also use 17 starting pitchers. Uh, so, you know, you figure you have your normal five. Maybe you're bringing in some younger guys. So, you know, to me, about 10-12 is a pretty good number, but 17 seems pretty strong.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. And it it was nice to see it continue a bit into the playoffs. Um, I think this trend will pick up even more in 2019 now that it's been tested a bit. We have a little bit of data on how it worked, and we'll see probably more and more teams get comfortable with it now that the Rays piloted it. Um, a second thing we wanted to talk about was the use of position players in blowouts. We saw this more and more this year. Um, Gabe Kapler of the Phillies one of the biggest proponents, and he was throwing even guys like Scott Kingery out there, lobbing the ball 50 miles an hour. Um, which in some consider to be embarrassing. I don't consider it to be a huge issue because we're, you know, saving the bullpen in games that are far out of reach. Um, But I guess, what are your thoughts on that being coming a much more popular strategy?
0: Oh, it's one of those baseball really wants to tell you that every game matters, but in 162, if you're down seven runs and it's the seventh, uh, you know, from a statistical standpoint, you're not coming back. I'm fine with it, especially with tighter rosters, um uh, you know especially if you're doing this year there was a ton of rainouts. if you remember through the spring so there's a lot of you know back to backs. a lot of your off days were going i'd rather save the bullpen so it, it doesn't bother me any. I, I think it's fun um if if you get offended by it because i got into with the guy on twitter about this if if you're really offended by a position player prone the ball you're taking it way too seriously
1: but i mean I it's great. Great. yeah it's it's crazy well it's it's baseball it's a game it'll be all right especially with 162 games. It's not happening that frequently. It's not messing up the stats too much. Um, So the impact really is minimal in my opinion. Um, Next, we want to touch on the disparity between the best teams and the worst teams. It seemed larger than usual this year. We had a bunch of teams with excellent records, Red Sox, Yankees, um, you know, a ton of those teams. And then we also had some teams that were really rebuilding, possibly tanking and, you know, trying to get the high draft picks, save money on payroll this year. Um, So it seemed to be a little bit larger than usual um, I think we saw that carry over into the playoffs, where the, there were some really stacked teams in the postseason. Do you think this will be a trend that'll continue going forward, or could this just be you know one or two years where teams have seen success that other you know teams have had rebuilding the draft and they're trying to catch on to that? Uh, I think it's a, it'd be the kind of middle of the road answer. It's a little column A, little column B. Um,
0: if you look at the Astros, were really bad, really bad there for a bit, but they hit on the picks. Um, so you know, you can tank, try to get some big picks, but you've got to hit on them. Mm-hmm. You know, same with the Cubs. You know, they they went through a stretch where it was, you know, embarrassing. You kind of look at where the Mets are right now, where hey, we've got a couple pieces, but we really don't have a whole lot. So do we tank it out? Like I said, I, I think you had a collection of some big names got moved into big markets. Uh Stanton went up to New York, you know, you had Machado go from, you know, Baltimore, which is a decent market, but out to LA where he became, you know, big fish in a big pond there. So it, it kind of looks real bad. I think it'll probably level out. Um, but like I said, with contracts going where they're going, it's going to be real tough. But um, that's just kind of where I see it.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. And I think it's important to note too with these teams that are rebuilding that you have to supplement the good draft pick you're making with spending on other players too. Um, we've seen the Cubs and Astros do this. It wasn't just solely to the draft like maybe you can do in the NBA or some other sports. Um, we're seeing that the Phillies, even though their drafting hasn't been the most successful, they were at the top of the draft and got some guys uh, like Aaron Nola, for example, and now they're trying to supplement it by possibly going after a big free agent. Um, so I think those have to work in tandem with baseball when you've got 25-man rosters versus you know, really 10-man rosters in the NBA, guys that actually play. I totally agree. And uh, I think baseball's kind of the prime example. If you look at,
0: yeah, a top pick can really help. Uh, you get a Bryce Harper, you get a Mike Trout. Uh, but there are plenty – for every Trout and Harper you have, you have misses. Um, so while it helps, you still have to have those supplemental guys. If you kind of look at what Boston did, you know, it was what, Stephen Pierce was the World Series MVP? Yeah. That's coming in, it, not a guy you would expect to be – you know, you, you think of those rosters and that's the guy that comes through it. But, you know, I, I think one of the biggest trends – even more than, you know, some tanking and things like that, was the sheer amount of strikeouts uh, this year versus compared. Um, as you know, this is – we talk analytics. We talked a little bit last week with uh, with Matt. But strikeouts are up significantly. Uh, I think a lot of it comes through with the math of being able to see swing angle and launch angle, and this is what it takes to hit a home run. But um as of, you know, basically middle of September, there were – 36,955 strikeouts compared to 36,953 hits. And the the bay did finish the regular season with more strikeouts and hits for the first time ever. You know, Dave, do you think that's going to be a trend that continues? Is it a problem? Is it just one of those, hey, you know, we're swinging for defenses
1: because people like the chicks love the dingus? So I think there are a lot of things to hit on here. Um, I think it probably will continue. Um, but I think more importantly is like, is it a problem for baseball? And, I'd agree with Tim Kirchner on this. He's one of the people I respect most. He covers baseball, and he had some great points about this, that you know, 33% of plate appearances in 2018 ended with a strikeout, walk, or hit-by-pitch. That's a ton. I mean, that's not a lot of balls being put and played. Um, he was on the Levitard show back over the summer and had a really good quote about that that I'll kind of breeze through here and begin to discuss. Um, but he said he's definitely worried about this. He said, you know, over the last five years, really the last 30 years, it's just too many guys um, swinging and missing that – they're having the same approach when they're up 3-0 versus being down 0-2, um, which, you know, commonly before you'd see guys choke up on the bat when you're down 0-2 and try to protect and not strike out there. Um, we talked about it having that, I guess by – this is back in April and they are going to have 10 guys strike out 40 times by May, which had never happened before. Um, guys like Tony Gwynn, DiMaggio, and Yogi Berra would strike out that many times in a whole season, so it really is alarming. Uh, at this point, they were averaging sixteen and a half strikeouts a game, so I think some of that it has to do with the pitchers are throwing with such high velocity. Um, but I think it does change the way the game is being played, and then the way fans are also perceiving it—that it is less rallies are being built, and it is a lot of bombs throughout the game.
0: Yeah, I think the the one stat that stuck out besides a. Like, I agree with Kirchi, with, uh, with Timmy, where it's, you know, we're swinging for the fences every time. We're swinging out our shoes. But in 2000, uh, 2018, 33%, so one out of three plate appearances in neither strike out, a walk, or a hit by pitch. So Yeah, it's crazy. You're, yeah, you're either going to first base or you're going back to the dugout one out of three times. You know, for everything that Rob Manfred's trying to do from a – pace of play making the game more exciting um, as we talked you know in some earlier pods about second screen and fan experience when you're seeing nothing but 16 and a half strikeouts a game out of your you know 56 outs i guess is whatever 27 it's 54 outs so 27 up 27 yep. down yep. um you know you're seeing that many
1: strikeouts it's, it's either really exciting because you love the pitcher duel, or it's boring as heck right no and pitchers are not going as deep into games, so you're not getting as many of those complete game, 10 strikeout, 12 strikeout games. Um, I guess last thing to touch on here, too, is that you mentioned the pace of play, and that really is a big factor with baseball. It's a big complaint around the sport. These these uh, strikeout you know, and high walk totals are really leading to longer at-bats. I mean, more, more pitches seen per plate appearance, and that's making the game longer, less hits, less balls in play. Um, so I think... I don't know how you change that, but that is a factor in this sport being a lot slower than basketball, football, hockey, for
0: example. Correct. That was going to be my question. You already answered is how do you fix it? I don't I don't think you can. Um, you know, you look at what people are getting paid for. I think of an Adam Dunn. Man, I can hit 210, but I hit 40 dingers, and I'm getting paid. I think yeah. you got see it. I think You know, hey, he carved out a role just by having it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I just don't know how you fix it. That, that's kind of where it is. You know, baseball is trying to get more exciting. As we talked in previous ones, fan base is all. A lot of strikeouts, it's exciting if you enjoy watching it. But if you don't, it, you can just kind of go away and realize you didn't miss anything. And you yeah, add in the, the openers and the massive amount of pitching changes, it, it just gets dull and slow. It really does. But no, I think, I think the, Oh, go ahead. I, said, I was going to say kind of just shifting over to the shift. One of the things that kind of ranks a lot of the – I don't want to call them older guys, but the old guys and the get off my lawn generation is now that we see a lot of shifts, um, you know, is it really that new? No, uh,
1: but we do see a lot more. So, I mean, what do you know about the shift, Dave? It's definitely become a lot more popular. Um, it does go back to like Ted Williams days, 70 years ago. He saw some version of the shift, um, but it became, you know, really a big thing recently teams have use it more and more, I guess, namely the Astros use it a lot. It's mainly used against left-handed hitters, but it's basically stacking the infield in a way to, you know, get more outs by being in the places where ground balls are hit most often. Um, I know the Phillies shifted this year. We talked about that a little bit in the last podcast with Matt and what they did didn't work, whether it was the, um, you know, talent of the players or they're in the wrong position. There are a lot of different factors at play here. I think the data is still so new, uh, but it is interesting to see, the standard defensive alignment is almost becoming pretty rare.
0: Yeah, I, it's you know we we did talk last week with Matt about the Phillies and yeah they shifted a ton, but the defense is terrible. Um, so it doesn't necessarily help. I mean, in, from what the the numbers are showing, is it'll lower the batting average, but you are seeing a slight uptick in home runs and walks. So you're, you're taking away, you know, the start of a rally things like that, but you might give up the old ding. So it's one of those, it takes time. So it's another one of those time aspects for baseball. It takes a minute to shift everybody over. We're rolling our, you know, shortstop to the other side. So I think it kind of gets people. So, and I think that kind of leads into where you look at pace of play, how exciting baseball is, a lot of strikeouts. You see attendance is down. Um, It's down to its lowest average in 15 years um, as of the end of June. So, it may have changed a little bit. I'll get the, the the final numbers and send them out once we get them from MLB. But you know, you're down six and a half percent from this time last year in June, eight and a half percent overall. That's a big drop. Now, is it because we had a lot of rainouts, or do you think it's something more, Dave?
1: I think it's something more. Um, the pace of play is definitely a factor. Um, the amount of stimuli we're exposed to now is also something that sitting at a baseball game for upwards of four hours isn't. You know, something that people are doing as often, Um, the ways you can consume baseball, you can catch games on MLB Network and um, MLB TV. There's a really good at home experience as well. And there being so many games that if you go to a couple games a year, uh, unless your team's really in contention, I don't personally feel the need to go, you know, more than a handful of times because I like watching the games at home. I'd be doing other things um, and not, you know, taking that much time out of my day. Uh, I guess, do you see this continuing as well? Um, I think it does. Uh, I think it
0: ties back to MLB being an older man's, particularly an older white man's game. Um, and then it becomes a cost factor. If you look at, you know, entertainment cost per dollar, you know, I've got minor league baseball where I'm at because I'm, you know, on the coast of North Carolina. So I've got a bunch of that. The closest one's going to be the Braves or a pro game. I'm, I'm not going to Atlanta to watch a ball game. Um, but, you know, I'll catch a minor league game because at least those tend to keep going, to keep moving. And it's cheap, so if you got to figure, if you got a family of four, you want to go to, a, you know, a major league baseball game, you're probably talking two hundred dollars for tickets plus parking and everything else. And we're talking one out of three at bats is going to end, so at least one out of three at bats, and that half an inning is going to either be a walk, a strikeout, or a hit by pitch. It's not the most exciting, so I think it's going to continue. Um, I, it'll level off, I think, once they get kind of some cost average in there, but they do need to work on attracting younger fans but it's not all doom and gloom for baseball though. Uh, there are some young superstars that are either here or about to be here. Um, you know, we went through, we're pretty much the end of one generation of superstars. We had Griffey, Jeter, Big Poppy. We're on to the new ones. Uh, so we're looking at Shea Otani, Mike Trout, Hakuna, Soto. I mean, which one of those guys are you really looking forward to the most, Dave?
1: I love all those guys, but I'll say Shohei Otani. Um, what he was able to do as a hitter and a pitcher, we haven't seen that. And maybe he's the, the kind of guy that can really, I guess, drum up the young fan base in baseball. Um, what we were talking about, about there being so many strikeouts and, you know, one out of three plate appearances ends in a strikeout walk or hit by pitch. You're also not seeing the star players take over the game as much as you would in another sport where in basketball, the star player may touch the ball 50 times a game. And in football, the quarterback's throwing 40 times a game. baseball they're coming to the plate maybe four to five times a game and the pitcher may throw six innings or whatever um with otani he's able to be you know participating in more games than usual pitchers and then on the hitting side he's not just an average hitter he's almost like an all-star level hitter i'm looking at his stats here and he had 22 homers and 367 plate appearances so about like a half a season for a full hitter he had an on-base percentage of 361 and an OPS of 925. Like, that's insane for a guy who just came into baseball, and is that's his secondary skill beyond pitching. And pitching, he was very good as well.
0: You said that was had 360 at-bats or something, 22 homers? Yeah. Yeah, I man, that's, that's a homer every 16 at-bat. So he's he's homer at least once a week if he's getting four at-bat you – know. Four games a week there. Yeah, I mean, I love Otani. It's, it's a shame he had the elbow injury there. Um, so that I'll set his pitching back a little bit. So we'll, we'll miss a year, but he is super young. Um, big fan of Mike Trout. I'm um, looking forward to when he comes back to the East Coast. It's coming. Uh, I feel it real well. He was out hunting with Carson Wentz. He <laughs> beat it. He's uh, So I think he comes home at some point. But, you know, you've got guys like that. You've had Harper who's been forced to carry the load. Um, there's going to be a lot of great young talent that I think will embrace the game. Um, we went through that little phase of unwritten rules and you can't pip home run. You can't have any fun. Um, I think we're breaking away from that. You've got guys that don't care. They're excited to be here. They're excited to play. You've got, like I said, Otani who's a two way player, Babe Ruth that can really bring that older generation with that younger generation. Cause some older folks are like, Hey, I didn't see Ruth, but I saw a lot of guys and he reminds me of. So you've got that. So I think ba- the future for baseball from a superstar
1: standpoint is looking great. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely agree because, um, you know, this offseason season we're seeing some big free agents hit the market and maybe similar to basketball, how the transactions become almost bigger than the action. Um, Dan Levitt talks about that a lot, but in that sport, if you don't have one of the top guys, you can't compete. Baseball is a bit different, but we saw Giancarlo Stanton change teams last year. Christian Yelich change teams and become an MVP candidate. Maybe more player movement may be good for the sport. Um, we're seeing Machado and Harper actually possibly leave their teams in their primes, both at 26, which usually doesn't happen. We've seen Albert Pujols and others at you know more advanced ages leave. And then the second half of that contract turns out to be really bad because you're paying for so much beyond their prime. Um, So maybe if the trend continues and we see more teams, more players gambling, you know, betting on themselves, not taking blow market deals to stay where they are, um, that could create more off-season buzz, more young fan interest. And to your point about the personalities, we saw Machado um, possibly not help his um, reputation this this postseason, but we're seeing more and more celebrations, more and more fun in the game. So those are just a couple of things that I think could help with the younger audience, maybe grow the sport to maybe a level where, the NBA has gotten in the last couple of years.
0: Definitely. Now, I, the only thing I think it may hinder that is, and this is get probably get a little too far into the weeds as far as CBA and things like that is, you know, they've got to fix a few things in the, in the next CBA. The super, how they do super true arbitration and things like that, right. and this qualifying offer stuff really hinders that movement because nobody wants to give up pick. And you know, we're delaying a guy playing for a month so we can keep him one more year um you know we need to let the players get a little bit more power so yeah you you can move some teams um uh, you know in then you look at the nba players have the power they kind of pick where they want to go uh but they still kind of still spread out now i have some super teams but they're going to get that i'd love to see baseball have some more player movement get some
1: more outspoken players uh, have some folks not afraid to ruffle of the feathers exactly i guess final thoughts here are You know, do you think this was a positive season for baseball? Are we heading in the right direction? Or um, do you think that there need to be a lot of changes to keep the sport, you know, as one of the major three sports in America, if you're looking at the pro level?
0: I don't think they necessarily make major changes. Um, I think Manfred's under the impression that, hey, there's some things that need to be fixed. Uh, So they're not, you know, head buried in the sand. I don't know what I'm doing. Everything's fine. We're making, you know, we made money. It's fine, you know. Not not anything along those kind of lines. Um, so I think it needs a little bit of work, but I don't think we need to go wholesale changes. Let's blow up what baseball is to make it fit more how this generation works. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'd agree on those lines. I mean, personalities definitely showed more this year. I think it was overall a positive year. Um, the sport has some new stars coming up. We saw um, we saw Otani, but then we also saw Soto and uh, Cunha. Uh, a lot of really good young guys and becoming more and more popular, being more um, active on social media and all that kind of stuff is good for the game. Um, the attendance numbers are down. Attendance numbers across a lot of sports are down too. Yep. Baseball is just one of the many trying to figure that out. The TV ratings um, are still pretty strong, especially in local markets, and those TV deals are still you know growing and growing. So that's definitely a good sign for the sport. If those were dropping, I'd be a lot more concerned. Uh, but I think we're heading in a decent direction. The baseball just needs to refine a bit more. I'd agree with that. Uh, last thing as we wrap up here, I couldn't let you off
0: with a way too early 2019 prediction.
1: Oh, yikes. Um, yeah. There's some wild cards at you. Let's do that and
0: let's predict where Machado and Harper go.
1: That works. So I'll let you go. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Machado. I think that's the easiest one to start with i'll say machado goes to the yankees harper goes to the phillies and the world series is um houston astros i got you um i would say machado i think he stays in la really okay yeah would they in that case would they play him at maybe um you have to figure that out with Seeger, i guess one of them to play short one could play second or machado could go back to third that'd be interesting
0: yeah, you've got some options there. I think they can move some Seager around. It's, it's what's going to give you the best defense. I think he likes it in L.A. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't feel like he comes all the way back to New York. There's a lot already going on there. Um, and, you know, New York's not not probably not the best destination. I think Harper does go to the Phillies. I think that is their big – it might be the homers in us going for it. I Just feel like it with him following Embiid on Twitter, a couple of even you know, signs are pointing there. And from enough money, he's going to do it. It's probably a little less pressure. He gets to be the, the star he wants to be without, you know, the every, everyday question of what's wrong with Harper. Uh, World Series, I am going to go um, – I'm going to go to the Yankees. That's pretty much going to wrap it up here for Volume 6. Uh, next week, we're going to go back into our multi-part series on analytics. We're specifically going to be talking about Sixers. Uh, We're going to dive in deep on some of the changes of Trust the Process and Sam and how the Sixers moved to analytics, embraced it, what
1: they've done there. Uh, Anything else for for the uh, fans out there, Dave? No, thanks again for downloading. Um, Please rate, subscribe, share with friends. Um, We've gotten some good feedback so far, and I'm looking forward to bringing more guests on. So if you know anybody who wants to – I'm um, to talk about analytics, send them our way, because that series is going to continue with the Sixers next week, as Drew mentioned, and then a couple more topics from there. Nice. You can uh, find the podcast on Twitter at Evo Pod. You can find myself
0: at uh, Ferraro 88 You can find Dave. Where are you at, Dave? DSanders877. Perfect. So we appreciate you guys. Like I said, like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, get the word out. We'll see you guys next week when we talk about the Sixers. Have a great one.